everybody. Uh, my name is Tom, and we have Mike here. Yeah, that's me. Say your name. That's me. All right. <laughs> and uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. Uh, Adam is out today. He's actually doing something pretty relevant and important. He's helping finish a garage. So, I mean, that's more car dude thing to do than podcasting. So I may as well awesome. be out today because, well, I may as well. My, my mental mentally, I may not be here a hundred percent. So. Tom, well, you've been doing cars. Tom, you're doing the car show. stuff too. Yeah, I have been doing. Yeah. I have been doing car stuff. Yeah, I've been in the garage all day grinding and welding and trying to fab. My whole goal today was I, I needed to manufacture brackets. Uh, be- oh, by the way, by the way, everybody, this is episode nine. Just oh, yeah, <laughs> so sorry, you know. sorry. I got too excited, yep. chomping at the bit. All right, so let's jump into it. So, what were you doing today? That was you and Adam are doing more car stuff today than I have. I haven't done anything except I drove to the coffee shop that's oh, pretty much oh it. man like so much car stuff today right so originally i went out to the garage because i had to manu- i have to make brackets right and i gotta hang the the rear axle for the alcan 5000 project um and the, the the rear axle is slightly larger because i'm using that columbia two speed right because we want overdrive to be able to actually drive at decent speeds on the highway so very important. Yeah. So I'm, I'm putting this axle in regardless. Like it's going in. It doesn't matter what I got to do to put it in. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, all right, I should be able to make this whole thing work. And then it comes down to it and the radius rods won't fit around the axle because they're hitting the axle. And I'm like, well, son of a gun. So I got to manufacture brackets. Right. And, uh, well, not even not even the brackets, but now I have to move uh, the mounting points on the radius rods so that I can get a bracket in there to manufacture a bracket, right? So I had to I moved them out a quarter of an inch, but it required me cutting off one of uh, the mounting points where the bolt goes in, and then I had to grind it down, you know, so that I could get in there and weld on it and everything, and then I had to weld it on, and so I've been doing that, and it's just been yeah, that's been my that's been my day, so. Yeah, it sounds like kind of a cascading thing. And I, I have I do have one question. What what exactly is a radius rod? Uh so a radius rod is it basically locates the rear axle um and keeps it from twisting like the right and left, kind of, I guess. Mm. Gotcha. Because otherwise the axle would only be mounted on uh the center line of the car right because there's a torque tube that mounts to the back of the transmission pictures would would help a whole lot in this yeah but this is hard on the podcast yeah yeah. yeah, but there's there's a torque tube that that mates to the rear of the transmission and uh the rear axle has a transverse leaf spring which is only mounted in the middle to the frame and so if you didn't have radius rods then your axle would just want to wander, you know, forward and backwards. Each one of the tires would want to move forward and backwards all the time. So I see. they fix that by putting radius rods that go from up closer to the transmission to uh, the axle itself. And that triangulates the whole thing and stiffens it. Right. So it's kind of like, like the long travel setup on like a desert racer. Sort of. Mm, it's kind of like a weird three link. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think we need pictures. Actually, if people tune into the next episode of Project Alcan 5000 on YouTube, we probably get it there. You probably see. Yeah, it. there's yeah, there's lots, lots. Yeah. 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 Cool. 
and keep your eye out on Scare Charlie's Garage for an update too, because I'm I might do something with that. There's a lot yeah, of technical things to try about, to cover. If you want to learn about radius rods, yeah, yeah, and if you want to, um, I I did manage to not cuss too much, so you're not going to be listening to me cuss about it. But uh, the look on Impressive. my face is that I want to cuss about it. <laughs> Impressive. Oh, I mean, yeah. But today we're actually supposed to be talking about SUVs. Oh, that was a hard segue, but yeah. That, yeah, that was uh, not so – I'm not on top of my game today. We've already covered that. So. No, I'm not either, to be honest with you. Like, But yeah, so um, so I'll let you – so there's a reason we're talking about SUVs, right? Yeah, Lincoln, and, Lincoln came out with yeah. a new SUV, the Nautilus. Is it new really? Eh, well, that's arguable, but – Is it not an MKX, which is also a Ford Edge? Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. Right. But in theory. And they're getting rid of the MKX. But in theory, right? it's, yeah, but in theory, it's, you know, the successor and it's all new and it's the Nautilus, right? So that's fine and let's go with it. Okay. So MKX is going away. Yep. And the Nautilus is coming in. Yep. Does that mean the NKC is going to be like, the enterprise what do you mean the enterprise or some other i don't know like, like some other like isn't nautilus like a ship name or something oh i don't know well the mkc is staying the mkc and the mkz is staying the mkz i'm guessing until the next model year refresh which i think for the mkc is doing what 2020 maybe 2021 and the mkz was updated what two years ago so that's probably 20 yeah probably 2020 or 2021 there too so yeah just based on- but the mk the mkx was actually updated and i think you've been saying mkz by mistake no there's two there's an which, mkx and there's an mkz there is but the mkz is a car yeah right <laughs> i was just talking about the lincoln lineup sorry oh yeah yeah okay so yeah so like i'm just guessing i'm trying to figure out what the m so if the mkx is now the nautilus what is the mkc going to turn into oh that like the the dinghy like the lincoln dinghy <laughs> like what it's gonna be the uh, they have the navigator it's gonna be the lincoln yacht i see no the navigator needs to be the lincoln yacht <laughs> sure. oh, that's that's true yeah that's or the mkt needs to be the lincoln yacht i'm Dude, not the MKT sure went away years ago they don't we don't still uh, mkt Yes, it's right here wait. on the Lincoln.com website wait. for $43,530. Wait, really? That's still a thing? It's still a thing. Oh, man, that's, the, it's ter- the Lincoln... that's terrible news. I don't know what Lincoln's doing. <laughs> the Lincoln hearse. <laughs> Oof, that's terrible news. Yep. That's about all it's good for is being a hearse. But the MKT is not available as a Black Label edition as far as I can tell. So yeah, but, it's on its way out. Yeah, hopefully. The writing's on the wall. Yeah, the MKT is still – it's still got the uh, – I don't know, man. They need to update their website because they've still got the, uh, so, <laughs> the the Lincoln Media Center is outdated for sure because they've still got wings on their SUVs, and I'm pretty sure the wings are gone on the grill. Oh, interesting. So, so here's the funny thing: the MKT, I'm pretty sure, is actually just a Ford Freestyle. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I'm also pretty sure that it's the same. Uh, the same as the old Taurus Edge. Was it the Taurus Edge or the Taurus X? The X. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I think it's the same as the MKT. Yep. I think that's the same vehicle. Which is actually the people. Okay, so just so people know what we're talking about. 
like the MKT is essentially like a station wagon Lincoln. Okay. Um, which, which, hang on, f- hang on. That, that brings me to a point, right? Since we're here, since we're oh, talking yeah. about SUVs, we're not specifically supposed to be talking about Lincoln. This is supposed to be a, a oh, SUV true, true. podcast. Um, so you see how fast our ideas go all bent out of shape anyway. Um, it's like hurting kids. It's terrible. We're probably we're the worst it to is. talk about this stuff. <laughs> That's like so like Adam's gone and it's Adam's job to herd our the cats, which are me and Mike. So like today is gonna be crazy because it's just me and Mike and there's nobody to like rein us in, like in the chat and stuff. So it's yeah. Okay. So the it, you said it's like the station wagon of the Lincoln lineup, right? Which brings me to a point that station <laughs> Arguably, a station wagon <laughs> would be a better vehicle to buy than any of these SUVs, aside from maybe the Navigator. But that's only because of some some underlying like history behind the Navigator. Well, let's be fair. The Navigator, as far as I'm aware of right now, is the only SUV type vehicle that Lincoln has that has a real drivetrain. Well, it, but okay. So here's here's my point, right? If you think about an SUV as what SUV means, it's a sport utility vehicle. Right. So which to me is like a really meaningless definition. Yeah. But okay. Think about it when it came about, right. The oldest SUV in existence is, uh, the suburban it's been produced since like the thirties. Right. I think maybe the, maybe the Willys Jeep is, should be an SUV. It, it should probably be classified one, but it's just classified as a Jeep. So we'll leave it alone. Um, but the, but the Fair suburban, enough. right. If you think about it, you could call it a sport utility. I was thinking about this the other day, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So you could call it a sport utility vehicle in that mm-hmm. you use that vehicle to benefit your uh, sporting, right? So like if you were to go camping or if you were to go hunting or whatever, right? You bought a Suburban because in the Suburban, you could pack all your gear all your gear inside the suburban and you could still throw a deer on top or whatever. Right. Um, when did the suburbans come out? Oh, I don't know. Don't, don't sidetrack me. All right. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) We've got enough sidetracking going on, but, (laughs) but point is right. So if you, if you think about the definition of a sport utility vehicle as something that enhances your ability to, do some sort of outdoor sporting activity as such, then the navigator falls in that category, right? Like that's a good, a solid, it has a huge capability as far as that goes. Right. I mean, you could tow with it. You can fit stuff in the back, right? You could put a uh, four wheel drive, all that stuff. Right. Whereas when you get into some of the, the smaller SUV slash uh, crossover CUV type stuff, like the MKC, mm-hmm. uh, it's a terrible vehicle at any of that stuff. All right. And one of the arguments I was going to make is that the three of us, which Adam's not here, but all the three of us, I'm pretty sure have all owned and or driven for some length of time, uh, SUVs or what manufacturers yep. claim to be SUVs. Right. One right. of which is the escape. All right. Yep. Tom, was your escape ever very, was it, was it ever very good at anything? It was very good at stopping on slippery surfaces for some reason, of which is a mystery I cannot Pretty figure out. Impressive. Um, it, yeah. But it, 
otherwise, like, so, like, the all-wheel drives, okay, so, like, I had a 2002 Escape. It was not a very, like, sophisticated all-wheel drive system. You know, it was, like, kind of auto, always on, whatever, right? And it worked okay. Okay, so let's, and when I say okay, I mean, like, it will, you know, turn the wheels, right? Like, it'll put power down. Um, That said, it had just enough clearance, like, it, it was like you no, know, it wasn't like super good at anything per and, se, and right? Um, it didn't get great gas mileage. It would got not bad, right? But not great, like twenty or something like that, right? It had more room than a car, but not enough room, generally speaking. Like it was, it was def, it was definitely like if you drew one of those triangles and put like a qualifier to each end, it was right in the yeah, middle. right. And and that's kind of my point, right? Because I don't know why the SUV came about. Uh, or as far as the current crop of SUVs, which is mostly crossovers, right? Um, Do you know who the first crossover SUV was? Like the self-proclaimed, like, because I, I don't know, like people made, oh. no, people may beg to differ about the suburban thing. And I don't really know back, you know, we talk about like Land Rover Defenders and things, right? But the actual first um, like at crossover or SUV, compact SUV was the um, Mercedes-Benz. Uh, ML 350 or 320, whatever the ML series from Mercedes Benz in 2000 or 98. They like launched that whole compact SUV thing. Okay. That's well, that's fine. Um, but okay. So so here's again, here's my point, right? Yeah. Station wagons went out of favor with people because they looked down on them. Right. For the most part, there's still, you can still find them in Europe all over the place, but for whatever reason in the States, they're gone. But but station right. wagon except for the MKT the MKT yeah, is right. still there. But but station wagons are arguably very good at being a car, and they're very good at being a family vehicle, which is what they're billed as, right? So it's they're still sporty, right? You can still get a sporty station wagon. You can still fit four or five people in a station wagon and some stuff, which you can't do in an SUV usually because for whatever reason, the trunk space is just non-existent. Think about your escape. Could you put five people in there and all the stuff to go along with them for a weekend? But you no. could in a station, Absolutely. but you could in a, in a station wagon oh, easily, yeah. generally. Like Easy. You've got all yep. that space. You could put five people's stuff in a station wagon. And and you have a ton of roof rack space, yeah, right. right? On a right. station wagon. And you can still have fun if you're on some twisty roads or whatever with a station wagon, which you can't do in an SUV, period. And that's really that's kind of true. So like old station wagons used to have beefy oh, engines. Yeah, dude. The, my four, the 429 still, in my car still, came out of a, a country square wagon. And and actually they kind of still do too too, right? Because there was that um it was on Top Gear, the Grand Tour or something. They were testing. It was like an Audi A A six station wagon yeah. or something, like one of the Audi ones. And that thing was like something ridiculous, like six hundred horsepower or oh, something. I, I believe insane. It. Um, but yeah, so there's that, right? So all right, so let's look at the history. And at one point, you had station, you had cars, and you had station wagons, right? And you had pickup trucks for the most part, unless you wanted to buy a suburban. Um, but let's leave that out. So you had cars and then you had pickup trucks. And so then the station wagon showed up Mm -hmm. on the scene at some point, right? And you could buy like a Nomad or something like that, right? In the early days, you could buy a two-door station wagon or a four-door station wagon or whatever kind of station wagon you wanted, really. Um, Mm -hmm. And then if you needed more space, more hauling capability or whatever, you bought a truck, right? 
but that necessity because you have less people and more right, stuff but that necessitated a compromise because at the time you couldn't get an extended cab truck right so you mm -hmm. could only fit two maybe three people in this truck so it was really just a workhorse you know what i'm saying it, that's really all it was right. but but think yep. about it now right where a pickup truck for the most part is much more comfortable when's the last time you got in a new pickup tom like brand new Brand, like brand, brand new, new? Like within the you know within a year or two oh. old a uh, year or two old honestly probably been a long time really like you go to the dealer all the time yeah. how have you not been in a truck well i mean i've like i haven't driven one like the the new i actually i don't think i've driven a new like a 2015 f-150 yet like how different can it be no that's not true i, I take it back i have two driven a 2015 or twenty six. realize it's 2017 and it's almost over right <laughs> yeah no i guess i probably have i probably the, in the last year i've driven um like a 2016 f-150 okay but it, clearly it wasn't that different from the other ones uh, i drove because i would have yeah, remembered obviously it. not um but my point is here that currently you could buy a truck that has more room than any suv you're going to buy it's aside, aside from oh, yeah. like a navigator or a suburban again because those are the huge ones but for, and they're on right. truck platforms, which a proper SUV should oh. um, should be on a truck platform. But you can buy a truck that, that'll easily fit five, six people. Five, if you've got a center console, there's not so many, you know, 60, 40 splits anymore. So let's say it'll easily fit five. But we're talking right. it'll easily fit five 220-pound individuals leg with legroom and headroom, yeah. right? And, stuff. and it will carry all their stuff, all of it absolutely yep. all of it mm -hmm. plus you could put a trailer behind it if you wanted to right yep you can't do that with an suv well so okay so for instance right my escape had a towing capacity rated to 3500 pounds yep. right so that's a small trailer but a trailer yep, yep. nonetheless however like even i had the v6 model and if you hook up a trailer to it like it was it was there's not enough power there to get like like you're not passing anybody at that, even like a light, like I have like a kayak yep. trailer. Right. And like the thing was working so hard. You like feel bad for it as you're driving. If it's loaded down with stuff. I actually, I didn't even have a trailer. I had a, um, I mean, I did have a trip. I do have a trailer that I towed with it, but another instance is that I had um, a bike rack on the back and I put kayaks on the roof of the escape. So like straight up SUV territory worth a, worth of doing. Yeah, right. That's stuff, exactly right? the where you want to be with an SUV. Right. And it, you know, I could fit all that stuff on there because there's, you know, racks and stuff for that. It was fine. I was able to put, you know, for two people, we put our camping gear and stuff in there. Everything we got to fit for two people. You know, if we had kids or something, it'd be out of the question, but two people, fine, whatever. But then even with the big engine option, we go to like drive or whatever, right? And the thing, because of the wind resistance of the bike rack and the uh, kayaks on top and loaded down, like you you felt like you were beating a you know, a horse or something like that, trying to get it to pass or even like merge onto the expressway. And you weren't doing 7580, like no yeah, right. way. You right. know what I mean? So, and I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm weird, but I don't like pushing my stuff that hard. You know no, what I mean? I hear like, you. you've only got so many RPMs uh, as you've told me before. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my thing, <laughs> so an engine, you know, components and wear parts only will only have, there's a limited, there's a specific number it's like we all have a specific number of days that we live. There's a specific number of RPMs <laughs> that each component will survive. And I like to save those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
now everybody knows how crazy yeah, I really yeah am. pretty much um actually no that's just the tip of the iceberg but but yeah like i you know like my truck now and this is a small engine in my truck too but like I can load it up with all that same stuff and a trailer and like I'm cruising down the highway at like 1800. You RPMs, probably get okay? better gas mileage like, than what your escape got with the same stuff. Yeah. No, if, fair point. Fair point. I, I do. That is actually truth. That's a fact. Which is so impressive like, from a Raptor um, to get better gas mileage than a V6 escape. Or, or is it impressive that the escape got that? Yeah, well, gas I mean, I it's know. just sad that the escape was that bad. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so for like comparison, right? Like the Raptor, I'll get like 16 and a half or something like that with, you know, stuff on, you know, hauling stuff and the escape I was getting probably about like 16. So they're actually like pretty close, but, or 15 and a half or something in escape. So like, you know, it was pretty close, but, um, and the escape was probably pretty tired. You know, I had like 240,000 yeah, right. miles on and, it. And we all know about tired vehicles. I mean, I drive a truck that I'm every day. I wonder when it's, if it's going to keep going because it's that tired. Um, Right. <laughs> but for something like it, like your escape, right? Aside from, and this goes for pretty much every SUV on the road these days for people's use mm -hmm. cases, right? For the, for the general population's use case, a car is better suited for what they want to do than an SUV. So, okay. So I'm going to throw a scenario out there where this may right, not be true. Okay, so we know some people who have bought Traverses, yep, right? Yep. Now, the, the reasoning behind that over getting a car is because, and actually I know somebody that bought like a Tahoe and stuff recently, okay? And they do the whole, I'm going to go with like this phraseology just because it describes it, but like the soccer mom kind of thing, yeah, right? It, so like younger, they have younger you know, kids than there, but yes. Right, so like, but the thing is, like, you know, the it doesn't have to necessarily be the mom either, like whatever, like you go and like get your kids friends or whatever. And so you want like that seven seats, right? You need more than just like, you know, you, your spouse and one or two kids. Um, and, yeah, but how many people actually I mean, really, go this, pick up other people's kids nowadays? A lot, I think, actually. I, I haven't um, heard about it, but I don't have kids, so I'm out of the loop. <laughs> Well, I mean, like they, they go and take them to like whatever event together, you know, like your kids, like when they're seven, eight, 10, 11, 12, whatever, you know, like years old, like they want to bring their friend to something, right. Or a couple friends to things. Um, but like the, uh, you know, like the MKT, for example, or like a, an Audi station wagon or like a Volvo station, the legendary, what is it? The V8, Dude, I would buy a whatever, Volvo right? in a heartbeat over a freaking uh, uh, SUV. SUV. Oh yeah. In a heartbeat. Dude, that, that Volvo, I can't remember if it's a V80 or what the model number is, but those things are legendary, man. Um, anyway, but yeah, like something like that I think would be better. But at the same time, like SUVs kind of fit that bill, you know, like, you know, the Traverse, like you have seven, you can sit seven people. And I think that those like seating numbers are the actual thing that drives, um, you know, that's why people like station or station. That's why minivans are so popular, right? It's because you can fit the people and the Th that's stuff true. But if that's the case, then why are there so many five person SUVs on the road? Why does Ford sell so many escapes and why does Chevy sell so many, whatever their version of the escape is? Because they don't sell minivans anymore and minivans have a stigmatism that station wagons. Used but what to I'm have. saying is if it's a five person SUV, a car is better suited for your needs generally maybe except that 
you have um so you have to put stuff in the trunk rather than in the yeah, back, but I li- right? I li- dude, and like, I honestly, hated like, that lift gate on the escape. I just, so uh, full, full disclosure, so I drove thing, an escape for like two years and I hated the lift gate. Right. But here's the thing though, right? New cars don't have trunks like what your Torino did. That's true. Does. Right. So like if cars, like if you think about that, right. Can you imagine your Torino, but a four door version and still that same trunk? Like that's a thing. That would be a that would be a that thing be right solid. there, man. Although argue, arguably, right? so uh, my sister owns uh, uh, not the Focus. What's the what's one up from a Focus? Uh, Fusion. Or no, Fusion. Fusion. There we go. And so she owns a Fusion, right? Which is a four door uh, mid sized car, right? Um, and it has lots of trunk space. Not as I mean, not as much as a Torino, right? But but it right. still has a fair well, I mean, amount of trunk space. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Sometimes like if you got to fit, I don't know. I go by suitcases, right? Like how many suitcases can you fit? Like, you know, yeah, like four or five. Yeah. Of your average, of your average size, uh, slightly larger than a carry on suitcase. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, and actually that's true because like normally you don't fill up the back of your SUV so far that you can't see out the back of it. So really like, what does that buy you? And that, In that case, and that's kind of you know, that's kind of my I, point, right? And you could also, arguably, if you're concerned about hauling stuff, especially now, uh, you could buy a mm-hmm. truck, right? And a right. lot of people do that, um, and they catch a lot of criticism from guys like me who will criticize those people for buying a truck because most of the time they also don't need that space, and they would be better suited with a station wagon because, right, station wagons are kind of where it's at. Um, so actually, full disclosure, Mike has some kind of weird love of station wagons this last year. I don't know where this came from exactly, but he is obsessed. You know, with you know where wagons. it's from, Tom. I huh. saw a picture online of a 1953 Pontiac Chieftain station wagon, mm, and, and yeah. that's that's which has more room probably than a Navigator. Yeah, I don't, I don't even <laughs> know, man. But that's pretty much what did it for me. Yeah, but nobody has something like that now. Like there's nothing, like to be honest, right? Like there's nothing like that available on the market. Yeah, now now you have to buy an SUV. No, like I don't even think. I mean, that's not even comparable. Like, like a Navigator is probably the most comparable thing to that, and the the Chieftain probably still has more cubic foot of space in it than a Chieftain. Well, yeah, it may I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers, right? So I'm not going to straight off go and go and say that. Um, I would be willing to bet. <laughs> Some kind of something that the chieftain has more interior cabin space. I don't know. However, they measure that than a navigator. I will take that bet. um, And we'll report back next week. Okay. I'm going to write it down. Here's me. This is the marker. All right. Write that that down. I'm going to write it down. All right. Okay, cool. So. So next week we'll find out. Uh, actually, you know, if one of our listeners was nice, would be nice enough to look that up for us. That'd be great. To to point out, then it's not biased from either one of us looking up, you know, googling what this is and finding out what it is, because uh, it's it's probably that right. simple. Let's be honest. Maybe maybe not for yeah. the chieftain. I don't know that Google knows that. Well, it's not Google. It's somebody. Somebody has to have figured that out. I'm sure it's in the documents it's somewhere. We'll, be somewhere. We'll, do it. Yeah. we'll figure it out. 
but yeah so so anyway i guess so like what's 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 kind of the point of this like what's the like so suvs are dumb and everybody should drive station wagons that's kind of where yeah, i'm at well that's moment. that's part of my point yeah um but my, <laughs> <laughs> my biggest point is lincoln is a it's a lineup of suvs right now man right like they have three cars they have three cars yeah. and four suv offerings from a luxury automaker all right that's right. skewed in the wrong direction in my opinion um well really they have two cars and literally four suvs do they only have two cars because the, M- the mkz and the continental because the other one's the hybrid right mkz <sighs> hybrid oh yeah that's third, right yeah that's right which is basically which is the same MKZ. Car, yeah. but they basically have the mkc suv the mkx the mkt and the navigator which are all completely different platforms yeah yep yeah mm-hmm. i'm just <laughs> yep. so my point is i guess that they don't really need the uh the nautilus right as such um so that's but the thing is that's going to replace the mk yeah but it's still right? there's too many suvs in this car's lineup or in this the, this True. luxury vehicle lineup. Name another brand that has more SUVs besides Land Rover that's generally considered to be luxury. That, I don't know that Land Rover has that many SUVs if you break it. Oh, I guess they do. No, they do. The yeah, LRT, but they the still LRT, have more than yeah, they have cars. Oh, maybe. What, yeah. I guess they, I don't. Because yeah, yeah. I don't think they Fair make enough. any cars. So that's my point, right? Mercedes does. You know how many Mercedes has? SUVs or cars? How many? SUVs. How many cars? Seven. Oh, well, that's, but that's closer. That's a closer ratio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Mer- still a lot. Mercedes yeah, also but... offers a station wagon. See? True. See? Actually, that could be interesting. That that actually could be very oh, interesting. That's all I'm saying. Station wagons, I mean, Ford still offers a station wagon, even though it's not called a station wagon, and that's the uh, the Flex. Yep. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. No, Mercedes has way more cars than they I do SUVs. So. Yeah, I, I counted so. wrong. Yeah. They still have seven that's, SUVs. That's out, a lot. Yeah, that's Which a is lot. crazy. Yeah. And each one is, as far as I can tell, is a, a, well, mostly, I guess, no, I take it back. There's one, two, three, four, five platforms. So, yeah. So anyways, this was this was a rant about, I, did, yeah, I don't think that Lincoln needs another SUV to replace the one that's going out. I'm just... Oh my gosh, dude. I just clicked on the E-Class wagon on Mercedes website and they have the first picture. This actually proves your point <laughs> or goes towards proving your point. This like aside from the splash picture, their first picture that they have when you scroll down is a picture of the E-Class, the back of the E-Class with the hatch open. And it looks like a cabin in there. It looks like you could go spelunking. In exactly. The back of now you under, now you understand yep. my point. See, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that. Actually, I don't know yeah. that I had a point. Um, this all just, this all just came off of the fact that I saw that Lincoln was bringing up another SUV, and I was like, "Why? What's going on here?" And I wanted to talk yeah. about it. The other thing too with Lincoln, I mean, well, I don't. We talk about Lincoln probably too much, but like Lincoln, you know, the Continental is like a four hundred horsepower yeah. engine, yep. right? Is like their big deal. Like for Mercedes. Like, that's not a big deal for Mercedes, no, man. You know what I mean? Like, I can get a wagon, the wagon from Mercedes. Do you know how many horsepower I can get that in? How many? The E-Class. So, the AMG E63 S wagon is 603 horsepower. 
Okay. All right. That's quite a little bit. Like the base one is like 360 horsepower. All right. So, I mean, and, and then too, like from an SUV perspective, right? There's no, this is actually a problem that I have with like Ford and GM and like all these things anyway, like the American companies aside from Dodge, because you can get SRT versions and Hellcat versions of the like Cherokees and stuff. Right. But, um, but yeah, like the Mercedes, uh, SUVs, like the ML came in a, what was it? A 450 AMG or something like that. It was like 500 horsepower. You know what I mean? Like this was back in like yeah, 2000. Yeah, I remember that. Which is to me fairly impressive. And, uh, Mercedes, their base SUV. Okay. But the base, the most base SUV, but the AMG version is 375 horsepower. Okay. So this is like equivalent to like a Jeep Patriot kind of thing. Nicer, but you know, like that level. And yeah, it's got 375, almost 400 horsepower. So, right yeah, so that. <clears throat> this, this episode may be better titled as Rag on Lincoln. Um, <laughs> and it was not intended that way. But to your point, right? I, I, I just don't know what the marketing people at Lincoln are trying to do, right? Because the way that this works, right, in the auto industry is marketing tells product what they can sell or what they would like to sell, right? And then product comes back and says, "All right, we can." design something to those specifications based on whatever it is that we currently produce. Right. And then we just manufacture it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of nuances in there right. someplace, but for the most part, marketing's like, you know what? I think we can sell this. And so they go talk to product and product designs it. And then marketing tries to sell it. I don't know right. where their head is with Lincoln because like you say, all right, let's uh, just for the continental, this is a flagship vehicle for the brand, right? Flagship vehicle. Yep. It's base. Mm -hmm. Uh, its base engine option is a 305 horsepower V6 that gets 20 miles a gallon if you don't have all-wheel drive. If right. you get all-wheel drive, it's 19 combined, right? But just still mm -hmm. 19. And the best you can do is a three-liter twin-turbo V6 for 400 horsepower. I, it's right. just like... And that platform can go to 500, oh, no problem easily right you could right? easily do so it's, it's a conscious decision that they make to detune things yeah well yes and no right i mean there's some uh design specifications that have to go into some of these things to bring the power up that much but more to the point is like you could get luxury buyers right a, a luxury buyer mm-hmm wants to have the power at their disposal, whatever they want it. Right. Yeah. But they, yes, but they I also do. don't want to yes. hear that power, right. Or feel that power or whatever, unless they do. And I'm only, so I'm going to give you an example, right. A buddy of mine, this was, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whenever the, uh, whenever the first four GT came out, um, uh -huh. a buddy of mine, his uncle, put in a reservation for a Ford GT. And then they told him that it was going to be whatever, a year, year and a half before it was delivered. And so in the meantime, he said, well, I'm going to go out and buy something else. So he went out and he bought a Bentley Continental, I, th I think. Oh, yeah. Either way, he bought a Bentley. Um, 
mm. four-door Bentley because they had a back seat because that's where the story relies. So anyways, he went out and he bought a Bentley, right? <laughs> and so this, this is the kind of pe- purpose we're talking about as far as like luxury automakers. I'm not saying that Lincoln's in that category, obviously, but if you're trying to be in the luxury game, you kind of have to think about where you would like to be, right? Um, and right. hopefully you would like to be considered a- among the realms of Bentley, right? Even though we know that you're not going to be cross-shopped with Bentley. Uh, so anyways, he went out and bought a Bentley, right? And then he took my buddy for a ride. And my buddy was in high school at the time, right? Um, and they went for a ride on the highway and they're sitting in the back seat and there's a chauffeur driving, right? They're going down the highway. And he turns to my, my buddy and he says, and my buddy's name happened to be Mike. He says, hey, Mike, how fast do you think we're going? And he says, I don't know, 70, 75, right? They're cruising down the highway. Um, yeah. And so he asked the driver, he says, hey, driver, how fast are we going? 95, sir. Right. He was, they're doing a full 20 yep. miles an hour faster, which doesn't seem like a lot, right? But it's a full 20 miles an hour faster than what my friend thought they were doing. And they're sitting in the back seat of this car with just absolutely no idea of the power that's on tap, right? And right. that's what people want from a luxury vehicle when you buy one, right? Now, oh, that's what sure. you want. Yeah. So I have no idea where Lincoln's marketing head, their marketing people's heads are. I just don't know. They, I'd have to sit down and look at their uh, strategy and their brand strategy and whatever, their actual documents to figure this out. Because looking at their offerings, I have no idea. Right. I mean, they're getting like they're close, right? Like 400 horsepower of the Continental, you know, like it's it's not not bad bad. if it was 1960. Well, but it's like that should be the base one, right? Like you should be able to get like, okay, so like you would expect to buy a Continental that the black label would be like 500 horsepower. You'd be looking for like 505 or 525 or something like that. So, yeah, some kind of, yeah. But, like that's not the case, right? Like that doesn't do anything to the power, as far as I could tell. Like you know, if you spec that out, so yeah, I don't. It's, it is. It's just weird. Like it's not, or like if you get a black label, like how come there's not a Continental with a V8 in it? That's my question. How come there isn't you know a coupe, I mean? like a Mustang variant for for Lincoln, that could, that can be their flagship yeah. uh, vehicle, right? Obviously, you wouldn't be able to go as, as radical as a Ford GT for Lincoln because people would look at that and be like, no, there's no right. way I'm going to buy a Lincoln. That's a sports car. But you could yeah. do something similar to what Mercedes did with, uh, well, yes, AMG that, exactly. Yep. And also, like Lexus is doing with that LC500, right? Like, these clearly, like, these are big companies, right? There's clearly something in that genre. And I feel like, you know, like Lincoln, like yeah, just rebadge, rebadge a Mustang and put some, nicer seats yeah, in. Yeah, put some new body, put some new some body work on it because let's be honest, that's what Lincoln's been doing for the last twenty years. So that's what everybody right. expects. But if you do that and you take a Mustang GT three fifty and you put a Lincoln uh, logo on it and add some nicer seats and a more interesting interior to it, people are going to go nuts. Yeah, and a quieter. People exhaust. are going to go nuts. Yeah, I don't know why, but they will. You'll sell yep. a lot. I would I would go nuts for it. And then there'd be competing, you know, like then you're like, oh, then we're competing with, you know, like Mercedes a little bit. You know what I mean? So then all they have to do is like redo their engine. Like, and honestly, too, Lincoln, the interiors are getting becoming amazing. Yeah, like dude, Lincoln, that okay? the continental seat, those front seats, they're 30 way adjustable. Yeah, it's insane. And the material engineering, like the like 
the material science that they're putting into it is good. Like it's like that stuff is coming a long way. They need to work on the, you know, like the outside and they need to work on their drivetrains next. Really? I think, I think the interiors are there. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. The interiors are definitely luxury automaker quality. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see. I hope that they do something good. So do I. I mean, I like Lincoln. I I like Lincoln. I've, Lincoln is a uh, historical brand and I'm just a sucker for history. Right. So I like Lincoln and I'd like to see it stick around, but if they keep going along the way that they're going, I don't see that happening. Right. Like same thing from Cadillac. Like, and I think Cadillac might be, is probably ahead of Lincoln. Like except, okay. I will say this too. We're getting, we're like way over time, but um, I was reading, here's something that I am really interested. Um, It's not something I can afford, but it's something I'm interested in. If I could afford it, the, um, the service offerings that Lincoln is providing with that whole concierge thing. I like that. So like a free detail once a year, unlimited car washes for like the first four years or something like that. They come and pick up the car to get oil change and everything like that. Yeah. I, that, I would like that's that something Lincoln's doing because, well. because quite frankly, like, like, I don't like, this is gonna sound weird, but like, like, let's say I had a 1966 Mustang. I don't mind changing the oil in that myself. You know what I mean? But I don't want to be bothered with like changing the oil of my daily driver, which is totally not logical at all. Yeah, that's kind of the same. Yep. Right. Also, it's way easier to change the oil on a '66 Mustang than anything newer. Anyway, so like, like I don't know that that kind of service, and also you know, just while it's at the dealer, they can check all the things, you know, the computer codes and everything, and I don't have to worry about it. And I don't know. I I like that kind of a idea for service. Was that was your whole point? Oh yeah. That's my point. I like how Lincoln's doing that. Like I do like if I had the money, like that is honestly like a factor that I would take into serious consideration. Yeah, I would agree with that. Else. That's definitely something that uh that they're doing well. Um and that I think is is somewhat unique to them. I don't know of a lot of other I don't know of any other offhand that do that, but well, I'm sure there are. Mercedes does it, Porsche does it. But you think about those ones, right? (laughs) Porsche is definitely out of uh, the realm of reach for buyers of Lincoln. I'm not saying that people that buy Lincolns couldn't afford a Porsche, but most people aren't going to go into the showroom for a Lincoln and then walk into the showroom for a Porsche and compare the two. Mercedes, they will. I mean, they might both have a... Yeah, like they might have a, a Porsche and a Lincoln, but they're not when they're going to buy some like right. there's two yeah at the time of yeah, purchase right. it's two different things all right that i we should probably end that here before we just well, continue right. to talk about lincoln it, so it's true <laughs> we beat this to death again um so you want to give an oh, yeah. update? Uh, quick, quick update so yeah i gave you some, uh, some of an update at the top of the show and that, i guess that's pretty much where it is right i'm i'm slightly behind schedule but not significantly um, I think this week I'll probably have the rear radius rods out for powder coating along with the torque tube and maybe the front wishbone and axle. Um, but at least the rear end stuff should be out for powder coating this week for sure, which means I can get started on rebuilding the rear end because I won't have to grind anything anymore. And so I, my shop won't be all messy. Sweet. So actually like the majority of the grinding is probably yeah, almost like done. Yeah, like I say, right? I've still got to do the front axle and the front wishbone. Um, 
but that's pretty yep. much it. The rest of it, I'm probably just going to take in and get powder, uh, sandblasted and powder coated. Like the rear end, I'm just going to get sandblasted and powder coated, et cetera, et cetera. So once I weld on those brackets, it can go out too. Well, no, that's not that's not true Sweet. because I have to keep it so, to rebuild it and new bearings and all that kind of stuff. So it probably won't send it out for powder coating until right. after I rebuild it. And then I'll just have them powder coat the whole thing as a unit. Okay. So, like, the cool thing about this, right, is, like, as this is essentially almost the end of the teardown yeah. phase. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Like, once this stuff all comes back together, like, we're basically done uh, tearing stuff apart, and then we'll start building it, putting it back together. So that should be... Yeah, for sure. And there'll be a lot more updates then because then you can actually see progress. I have a I have a box sitting in the garage that I have yeah. not opened yet because I don't want all the stuff in it that to get all messy and dusty and dirty before I start working with it. So nice, sweet. And we also um probably do some video updates on some of the sweet technology that we're going to use in order to track our progress. Oh yeah, yeah. Rally. We've got some sweet uh some sweet rally computers to show everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and if anyone knows how to use so, a slide cool. rule, well, please tell us because we don't know how and we're going to need to learn. <laughs> yeah, we're going <laughs> to trial and error, figure that one out. But cool. Well, I think that pretty much does it for now. Um, no, that's it for me. All right, cool. That's pretty much it for me too. So thanks for listening. And if you have a chance, make a chance if you don't have a chance, but go out and subscribe to our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube, uh, car check out carsunfiltered.com for all the latest updates. That's kind of the hub where everything emanates from. And we'll hope to, and uh, also see you if you're, time. uh, if you're listening to podcasts, please go to, uh, Apple podcast and leave us a review because that's, pro that's one of the better places to do that. Uh, as far as allowing us to get noticed and things like that. Yes, please do relieve us reviews and also check us out on Anchor FM. We're trying a bunch of things and so we'll see what stuff people like. The All most. right, well, on that note, thanks everyone for listening. See you next week.